John 13, 1 to 17. It was just before the Passover festival, and Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to his Father. Having loved his own who were here in the world, he loved them to the end. The evening meal was in progress, and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon the Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power, and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, You do not realise now what I am doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. And Jesus answered, Unless I wash you, you have no part of me. Then, Lord, said Simon, replied, Not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. Jesus answered, Those who have had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their body is clean, and you are clean, though not every one of you. For he knew who was going to betray him, and that was why he said that not everyone was clean. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I've done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you should also wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. This is the word of the Lord. Welcome. Well, we're back in John's Gospel today, and the big idea in John's Gospel, he actually writes it in chapter 20, verse 31. So the big idea in John's Gospel is this. He wants you to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in Jesus' name. Now, maybe you've been to church, you've got family or friends, and they're Christian and they want you to know Jesus and believe in him and have life in his name. Maybe you are someone that already believes in Jesus and you already have life in his name. Um, But you still ask the question, why do I follow Jesus? Why is Jesus someone who's worth believing in? Well, John's gospel is convincing us reasons why. So far in John's gospel, we've seen that Jesus is God's chosen one, the Messiah. He's doing miracles. He's giving sight to the blind. He's turning, uh, he's turning water into wine. He's raising the dead. Um, and so he's showing that he has the power of God. Um, but how is he using that power and what is his ultimate mission? Well, we'll see that more clearly today in John 13. And we're going to see three things. Firstly, we're going to see something about Jesus, and that is that Jesus loves his disciples to an extreme degree. We're also going to see two things about what it means to believe in Jesus, what true discipleship actually is. Firstly, we're going to see that a true disciple must be washed by Jesus. And secondly, a true disciple must be a washer like Jesus. We're going to dig into that in John chapter 13. Now, the scene starts where Jesus, Jesus is washing his disciples' feet today in John 13. And it starts off in verse 1. It says, it was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. 
Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. So it's the Passover festival. And in John's gospel, when, whenever you see a Passover, John is going to be applying something about that to Jesus. Now, the Passover festival was celebrated because uh, God's wrath passed over the Israelites. And we're going to see how that relates to Jesus today. Um, the hour has come. So throughout John's gospel, there's this hour, there's this moment building up. And now we're at the climax of John's gospel. The hour has come. Jesus, having loved his own, loves them to the end. And we can take this two ways. He loved, it, loved his disciples to the very end of his life. And he's, he loved his disciples to the uttermost, completely, to the depths of love that you can possibly go to. And the next two verses are going to show how this is an incredibly loving act of him washing his disciples' feet. Verses 2 and 3 say, uh, The evening meal was in, in progress, and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. Now, we're about, we're about to get to where Jesus washes his disciples' feet, but why are these details? Firstly, we see that Judas and the devil are on the same wavelength. They hate Jesus. They're going to betray Jesus. They want Jesus gone. We see also that Jesus and God the Father are on the same wavelength. God has given Jesus power. He's put everything under his feet, Jesus and God, and Jews and the devil. Now, why, why these two connections? Well, it's going to highlight how loving it is what Jesus is about to do. He's about to wash the feet of the very person who is going to betray him, Judas. He's got, Judas is among the disciples whose feet get washed. And we also see that Jesus, despite having all the power of God, is going to do this, verse 4. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. Jesus doesn't use his divine status to his advantage to subjugate people. He doesn't refuse to wash Judas' feet despite Judas' heart being awfully in the wrong place against Jesus. Jesus instead does the job of a servant. He gets down and he washes feet. Now, in the ancient world, foot washing was a job for slaves. In fact, there's some evidence to show that not even Jewish slaves were allowed to wash feet. It was actually reserved for Gentile slaves. The lowest of the low in Israel, that's who washed feet. It's this gross job after a long journey of walking, dirt between the toes, and Jesus washes in between the toes of the feet of his disciples. It's extreme love. It's extraordinary love. Now today, when a politician goes out and, and does a menial job and, and gets the video of it on, on Facebook and YouTube, they're doing it because they want to show people that they're, they're, they're humble and we want this kind of leadership. But actually, in the ancient world, this was a very unique thing. Historians say there's no other ancient example in Jewish, Greek or Roman sources where a superior washes the feet of an inferior. It all started with Jesus, this kind of humble, radical, self-sacrificial love where the tables are turned and the master serves those under him. Jesus shows that his love is all about self-sacrificial uh, giving of himself. Now, when you look at the landscape of Christianity today and churches and leadership in general globally, it can be quite confusing and disorienting. So many people use their power in leadership to abuse others and to misuse their authority. We, say, we hear this of church leaders. We hear this of politicians. Uh, we've seen it play out on the global stage where nations uh, use their power to squash other nations. 
And it's horrible. But here we see that Jesus is different. Jesus is someone with all the power, and yet he has all the humility that none of us show. He goes beyond what we expect, and he loves his disciples to the uttermost. That's what we learn about Jesus. That is why Jesus is worth following. Point two is that true discipleship, true disciples must be washed by Jesus. Verses six and eight say, Jesus came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you do not realize now what I'm doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you will never wash my feet. Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Here we see that Peter is embarrassed that Jesus wants to wash his feet. And this is completely understandable. I mean, can you imagine if someone higher than you, status-wise, like your, say your boss comes over for dinner, and right after dinner, they start gathering the plates. You're sitting there. They're gathering the plates. They start doing the washing up. It's embarrassing. It's, it's awkward. You know, they shouldn't be doing it. I should be doing it. And yet this is exactly what Jesus does. And so Peter's embarrassment and his frustration is understandable. But Jesus says this amazing thing. He says, uh, it must happen. It must happen. Unless I wash you, you have no part with me. And what he's talking about is actually pointing forward to something, not physical dirt, but spiritual dirt. He's actually pointing to something that later Peter will understand. Actually, this is all pointing forward to Jesus' ultimate washing of his disciples, that Jesus is going to die on the cross for their sin, that Jesus is going to clean them not just of dirt, but of the worst dirt of all, spiritual dirt, of their own sin, their own rebellion against God. Jesus is going to deal with it on the cross. And so he's saying, Peter, you must be washed. Now, Peter is thinking in an earthly way, and he freaks out. Now, when was the last time that Peter freaked out about something that Jesus said or did? Well, what I think of is when, when Peter confesses that Jesus is the Messiah, and then Jesus predicts his own death and resurrection. And Peter says, no, you, that'll never happen. That can't happen. And he rebukes Jesus. Peter freaks out because he doesn't understand that what Jesus is trying to help Peter with is pointing him forward to what Jesus' ultimate mission is, to love his disciples, to love the world to the uttermost by dying on the cross for sin and rising again to bring new life. And that's what's coming. That's what's coming in Easter next week. But we see this in in verse 9 to 11. It says, Then, Lord, Simon Peter replied, Not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. Wash, Wash all of me, Peter says. Jesus answered, those who have had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean and you are clean, though not every one of you. For he knew who was going to betray him. And that was why he said not everyone was clean. So Jesus realizes that Peter's thinking in an earthly way. So he helps him out. He says, no, Peter, you don't need to be, have a bath right now uh, because only your feet need to be cleaned. But then he, Jesus switches back to the spiritual and he says, but not all of you are clean. And the disciples are probably looking at each other. They're saying, who's, who's got dirt on their hands and their head? Who's dirty in here? But actually, Jesus is talking about this spiritual uncleanness that's sitting in Ju- Judas's heart right at that moment. Judas is going to betray him. So he foreshadows that as well. So Jesus is trying to help Peter understand what's going, going on. Um, but do we understand what's going on? Have you come to Jesus to be washed by him? Do you have... Um, the humility to come to Jesus and be washed by his death and resurrection for you? That's a question that we're going to be asking this week and next week as we get into Easter. Point number three 
is that true disciples must be washers like Jesus. That is, we must become servants in the same way that Jesus was a servant. So we'll have a look at verse 12. It says, When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I've done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I've set you an example that you should do as I've done for you. Very truly I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you'll be blessed if you do them. True disciples must follow Jesus' example. It's not enough to know we have to do, we have to follow. Um, a Christian who knows that Jesus has died on the cross for them in their sin and has washed it away, naturally, by the Holy Spirit, becomes someone who wants to follow in that example in loving others and serving others. But a natural question that comes is, well, what does it look like for us to be washers, to wash one another's feet? What does that mean as Christians? Should we get out a bucket uh, at church and start washing other's feet? Well, I don't think we have to. I'm very thankful for whoever invented the enclosed shoe because it means that we don't really need to do that in a lot of contexts anymore. But it does leave the question, how do I apply this passage, Jesus saying, go and do likewise, go and wash one another's feet, how do I apply that to my life? And I've asked around a bit this week just to try and see what's the modern um, analog, what's the parallel. A lot of people say what comes to mind is dishwashing. Dishwashing, washing the dishes is this lowly task that not many people want to do, but it's a simple, great way of loving and serving people in the home or in the workplace or at church. Toilet cleaning is one of those gross jobs as well. I think to sum it up, Jesus later in chapter 13, verse 34, he says this, he says, a new commandment I give to you that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. In other words, are you someone who loves other people? Are you someone who seeks to be a servant of others? Someone who um, doesn't just think about your own needs, but looks outside yourself and, and thinks, who are the people in my uh, home? Who are the people in my, maybe it's in my uh, workplace or uh, in my community? Who are the people who need anything? Who are the people with needs that I can meet? Even if it's demeaning for me, even if it's hard for me, who are the people that I can go and love? Uh, do you serve people less powerful than you in your family, work, or community? Like Jesus stoops down and serves his disciples. It's very radical for a rabbi to serve his disciples. And yet that is what Christians are called to do. In fact, that was a, a staple of the early church is, is looking outside and serving those who aren't necessarily in on the same level necessarily. So in the 300s, there was an, a Roman emperor, Julian, who wrote to a pagan priest, and he, and he said that Christians are looking after our poor people better than we Roman government are. And everyone can see it. Everyone can see that the church is doing a better job than looking after the poor Romans than the Roman government is. And that was a massive witness to the world around that Christians take this for real and Christians um, have this topsy-turvy uh, worldview that's totally countercultural, where they're going to go and they're going to do demeaning things for themselves in order to love and serve other people. They're going to put themselves at a disadvantage in order to lift others up. This is the Christian way. This is the Jesus way. Um, 
I've been very encouraged at Penrith to be part of groups where people ask each other, how are you going during the floods and during COVID? Uh, you know, my home has been affected or I need groceries or, um, and people jump in to serve and people jump in and say, what can I do for you? I'm willing to take some time out of my week to help you in some way. That's been so encouraging and motivating to be part of those sorts of conversations. Those Seeing that love in action here in Penrith has been awesome. So I want to thank you who are doing that and I encourage all of us to, to, to become more like this following Jesus example. Another question is, do you serve people who you know aren't on your side? Jesus washed the feet of Judas, knowing that Judas was about to betray him. Do you, do you serve people even when you know that they are not on the same wavelength as you? Maybe even against you. Do you still go above and beyond and follow Jesus' example? Um, here's another one. Do you serve people with a gospel mindset? Notice the way when Jesus washes Peter's feet, he's washing his feet, but he's also trying to point him forward to the ultimate washing, the cross the death and resurrection that's going to happen. As we serve our community and serve people in our families and serve people around us, we need this gospel mindset as well, pointing people to Jesus and the ultimate way in which he saves and cleans people. Now, as I ask you these questions, do you do this? Do you do this? The obvious answer is no, we don't do it. We fall far short of the example that Jesus has set for us. So what do we do as we reflect and we realize that we actually fall far short of this high standard that Jesus sets? Well, when we realize that we fall short, we remember that Jesus washes us, that Jesus rescues us from our sin and our rebellion, that Jesus uh, rescues us and, and, and saves us despite the fact that we wash, uh, that we don't uh, wash other people as he washes, that we don't serve other people as he serves that despite our failures, he still chooses to love us. So the gospel rescues us from the despair of thinking that we're too far off. That Jesus, The gospel rescues us from that despair, but the gospel also rescues us from pride of thinking we're too good. So the gospel, in, in one swoop, it says, you need to be washed, but also you need to wash. You need uh, Jesus to serve you, but you also need to serve others. This is very unique in, in the world religions. This is completely unique to Christianity that the gospel does this. So today we've seen uh, why it is that we should believe in Jesus and have life in his name. It's because Jesus loves his disciples to the uttermost, to the end. He loves us to the uttermost. Jesus washes us of our dirt, not, not our physical dirt, but our spiritual dirt. Jesus Stoop down low, God become flesh from heaven to earth to dwell among us, to wash us clean. This is the gospel. This is what we see here in Jesus washing his disciples' feet. It's a little um, microcosm of what happens in the whole gospel of Jesus stooping down, of, of using his divine power to love people in the flesh. And as Good Friday and Sunday approach, we're going to see how Jesus does this. Here we see Jesus rearrange his clothes in order to stoop down and wash people's feet. The next time Jesus has his clothes rearranged, it's going to be when he has a, th uh, a crown of thorns put on his head and a robe put on him and he's going to be mocked and beaten and spitten on and he's going to be stripped and he's going to be nailed to the cross and he's going to be crucified naked for us. This is the ultimate way that Jesus loves us. Greater love has, has no other than this, that 
you've laid down your life for your friends. And Jesus is going to show this for his friends and his disciples. Today, we've seen ultimate love displayed. Next week, as we look at, uh, on Friday, as we look at the story of Judas, we're going to go from love displayed to love betrayed. And we're going to reflect on um, the, the lengths that Jesus went to to suffer, even in his betrayal by Judas, Judas to rescue, to love his people. And so um, I hope that the, in this season, this Easter season coming up, you have this chance to reflect on Jesus' love for us, Jesus' grace towards us, his mercy, and the lengths that he goes um, to love people. Uh, and I hope that this has been an opportunity to see that true disciples both need to be washed by Jesus and to be washers like Jesus. So let me pray to that effect. Please pray with me. Father, we give you so much thanks that you sent Jesus into the world to, uh, to love people, to love the world, to save the world, to rescue the world, to wash the world, to clean it of sin. Thank you that in this uh, story, we have this great example that Jesus sets for his disciples of stooping down in order to wash his disciples' feet. Father, I pray that you would help us to realize that we have spiritual dirt and we need to come to Jesus to have that washing. And I pray that you'd have the, we would have the humility to come to Jesus and put our trust in him for, in his death on the cross for us. And I pray that we would follow his example, that we would become washers. We would become people who look outside our own uh, self, look for the needs of others and seek to serve others and love others, even if it means uh, lowering ourselves, even if it means um, being demeaned or doing what is um, disgusting or things that we don't want to do. Help us to have this mindset of Jesus. And Father, ultimately, we thank you that Jesus died on the cross for our sin and rose to bring us new life. And we pray that as Easter approaches, you would help us to reflect on these truths and to love Jesus more and more and to follow him all the days of our life. Amen.